You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Sob here. Excited to be joined by one of our favorite alumni and current NLC LA board member, Tony Rice, is here. He's got some interesting things he's cooking up, literally. So we're going to hear about it. You're going to want to hear this episode. Let's get to it. All right, Tony, we've had alums do a lot of interesting things once they've left Institute. I think you're the first who's opening a restaurant. Tell us a little bit more about what kind of restaurant it is and where it'll be. Yeah, so the restaurant's called Shambe, and it'll going to be in the Palms, Culver City area. It's a full-service neighborhood restaurant that serves new American food, local beer and wine, and craft cocktails. Was this an idea you've had for a while? It came to you pretty recently. What's the genesis of it all? I had it for a while. My uncle is a great chef, but he decided to go into the military instead. And so he didn't, um, he wasn't able to pursue his dream of opening a restaurant. And so it's, he's always treated me as a son. He has three daughters and thought it'd be something great to do and dedicate to him. And so it's always been on the back burner, but an opportunity presented itself last year after meeting uh, who will be my general manager, as well as a, a chef that I really loved his food and uh, found a location and ready to go. So if you had to rank the hardest parts about opening a restaurant, what would that list look like? Location is pretty crazy in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to find a place that one is going to lease to you when you don't have any restaurant experience, which I don't, even though my two partners do. Um, and two is at the right price point. Um, and then obviously third being in location. And so the Palm Cover City area is, is growing. Um, Palms is established. Cover City is growing with all the different businesses that are coming around there. And so it's a great neighborhood and area to be in. Um, and you have to get a landlord that's willing to take a risk um, with somebody who does have the background. So that was the hardest step. And now fundraising. Fundraising is never fun. Um, and so just trying to find different investors to join on in the vision is always interesting. Does the landlord sign you to something six months, 12 months? How does that work into the timeline? 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) What's the thinking behind that? Obviously, it'd be great to have a tenant for that long, but that seems like a long time. Yeah. So commercial leases are pretty crazy. Um, And so I think the options were seven or 10. Um, The good thing is if you do a hard 10, then you're able to stay at the same rate um, outside of inflation, Mm. which is good. Um, So that's one of the major reasons I went with the 10 without the seven. And then I have um, also options. And so at the end of the 10 years, then you're able to exercise options, but those options could be at market rate. I was able to get the lease below market. And so to have it for that 10 years is important. And I'm kind of hedging because I have a sublease cause. So if for whatever reason I decide to get out early or whatever, then I'm able to bring in another person Mm -hmm. and open up a restaurant. And, you know, I don't live too from there, too far from there. And there's a pretty popular restaurant kind of catty corner to you, Samosa House East. And I was always curious, like, why that spot ended up being pretty successful because it's heavily trafficked, but, you know, trafficked in a way of, of people trying to get maybe other places. So I'm, I'm curious what you see, because I think you're right. Culver City is adding so many people. There's going to be so many different businesses, the movie studios, and even Overland itself has added so many apartments in the last 18 months. Like how, how do you see that spot developing over time? Yeah, so we're in a mixed-use building. And so I think that was one of the biggest appeals of being in this particular location. It's also Starbucks anchored. And I mm. can do a lot of research. I can never do as much research as Starbucks. <laughs> and so I figured if they are there, then that's a good place to be. Um, it's also right across from Sony Pictures. Um, and I have some connections in the entertainment industry, including that Sony. And so I saw that as a good opportunity. But the fact that I am in a mixed-use building, so there's 135 units above, 
And the I think around the 500 square foot apartment in that building goes for 3,400. The people mm-hmm. has the disposable income that'll be good patrons for the restaurant. And then how are restaurants supposed to make sense of, of apps these days, whether it's delivery or DoorDash or apps that take reservations for you? Like, how do you, how do you make sense of all that? Yeah. So I think you definitely got to jump on them. I know some restaurants are on all the platforms. Some of them choose to be on a very limited amount of them. But if you look about restaurants historically, if you talk to anybody about opening a restaurant, they're like, oh, it's a very hard industry. And a lot of it's because one, a lot of people who open restaurants really love to make food, but did not know how to run a business, which a restaurant is. And two, you have to heavily rely on foot traffic. And so now with the apps, you're able to widen your range so much that it's able to get people who are not immediately in your location, who don't happen to walk by, it's still able to get food delivered. Um, there is obviously a delivery chart and all of services on the back end that you have to deal with, but it just opens you up to a lot more things. And we're toying with a concept that we're going to use specifically for residents in the building that's going to be able to be a differentiator for us when it comes in the app space. And then how do you see your progressive values factoring into being an employer of that many people and you have lots of different job types in the restaurant itself. Like how does, how does that all come together for you? Yeah. So I talked to, I was very specific about who I wanted to partner with on not only getting people who had experience since I don't have any restaurant experience, just general business experience. I wanted to make sure that I had people who were actually had restaurant specific experience from a startup and operations perspective and see how they ran restaurants and how they engage with customers and their employees and so I was able to observe both of my partners and where they work um, and see how they do that. And we talked a lot about values, um, making sure that we have, for example, a diverse amount of suppliers when it comes to our food, but also our beer, wine, and even our, our liquor that we'll serve there. Making sure that that is a diverse pipeline, making sure that our culture and our handbook reflects the things that were important to us, um, respecting each other, making sure that we have a diverse workforce, making sure that if we can provide benefits that we do, look at other additional things that we could do to make sure that the work environment is good. Even to, I was talking to the architects on Friday about having, making sure that we have general neutral bathrooms. Hmm. And if you look at LA code, there's a lot of interesting things and it's very gender specific, but there's different ways that you can um, basically format the bathroom so that they can apply to code, but also be receptive to people who may not identify with a particular gender. And so making sure that I have those discussions with everybody within the ecosystem, not only my two partners, but also my architects, general contractors, et cetera, um, is really important. And I'm able to create that environment because I own the business. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about business, a little bit more about the restaurant. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back with Tony. Stay tuned. Tony, how do you think we could recruit more traditionally minded business people for the NLC experience? Oh, that's a good question. Um, one, I think it's tapping into the networks. I know I met another fellow, and I forget if she's in Institute or in Engage, but she's mm-hmm. in the consulting realm as well. And just talking to her about um, how does that look like being in consulting and what drew you to NLC? And I think a lot of it is that even though we are in business, we still have these progressive values that we can't necessarily see come out in business all the time when we are employees. And so I think from an entrepreneurship perspective, it's been really helpful for me to create those environments, but also just meeting when I meet with people and talk to them, what I'll do, um, I go into like a baby shower this uh, or a birthday party this weekend, and I'm going to be around a lot of my business school classmates, just talking to them about the organization and the things that we're doing and the people that I'm meeting there to get them engaged because they are business people, but they are very well 
informed on political issues. And so just engaging them on that is, has been really helpful in environment, inviting them. Uh, I went to an event yesterday with some people from my NLC cohort, and I invited one of my friends from, uh, that I know from business school who recently moved to the area, and she loved the event, and she loved meeting the people there. And I think bringing those people within the spaces, meeting the people who are fellows or alum of the organization will be a natural pipeline to try to get them to come. So you came to this thing, hey, you should come to this um, mm. meet and greet, or you should come to this event that we're doing to get them even more engaged in the organization. When you think back to your fellows' experience in Institute, did you feel like you had a different perception of money, making money, giving away money? Like, what was your take on the other fellows and how they were approaching it versus you, who had a business background, approaching it? Yeah, I think one, just having been in consulting in most of my career, consulting is a lucrative field. Um, I think just thinking about just how much I make, I think was interesting. I also own a couple of houses. And so thinking about the things that I do with them. My house is as well. It's just uh, my ability to buy a house just because of the career I picked as well. And so as I thought about and looked around the table and, and people were talking about some of the struggles they had and even talking about salary when we got to a point um, that people feel really comfortable, mm -hmm. I realized that was an privileged position. And I tell people all the time, there's a lot of initiatives at the local, state and national level that just won't apply to me. A lot of credits I just don't qualify for based on my income, which is, a, a you know, first world problems or whatever you want to call it, but there's still things that I still vote for because I know that even though they may not impact me as Tony, they impact me as a black man, as you know, all these other things I identify with um, that is going to be helpful for not only the society that I live in here in LA, but also within the nation. And so just taking a step back and saying, yes, I have been able to get to a particular point because of a lot of things uh, my parents went both college graduates, et cetera. I've been able to achieve these particular things, but I know there's a lot of people who specifically look like me who may not have been able to have those opportunities and I could have very much have been one of them. And so how can I make sure that no matter somebody's background that they ha have the same opportunities? And then the last thing, speaking of your fellows group, I think you all are still in the lead in terms of number of, of times that your your ELP group, your your lead group has met. I mean, y'all y'all still hang out a lot. When you think back to how that happened and how you and your group ended up so tight, how do you think that came to be? I think we became friends. <laughs> we just, we actually, we talk about MC stuff sometimes, but most of the time we just friends. And when we met up, we talked about really deep stuff, relationship mm -hmm. stuff, uh, spiritual things. We, we talked about things that weren't only um, politically oriented, but uh, just all these other aspects of our lives. Like uh, there was two weddings last year. We all yeah. went to both of the weddings. I know if, if I, in the future, get married, I would love to invite them as well to, to the wedding. And it's just, we became genuinely friends. And I think it was, honestly, I got to give a lot of props to Kat and David for putting us together because I know it was a, a mix of personalities and experience that allowed us to be that way. Um, and so it just worked out. And so I think another blessing that I've had in my life is being able to have them. Um, and just one of the things that I've always talked to people about whenever they express interest in NLC. And then just so folks don't forget, give us the timeline and what the, the restaurant will look like in terms of, of opening or how they can support you. Yep. And so looking for investors, both debt and equity investors. And so Tony at Shambay, that's S-H-O-M-B-A-Y-L-A.com is how you can reach me via email if you want more information. Um, and we're looking to open spring of next year. Love it. We'll put that info into the description for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to stay tuned for 
when the restaurant opens. We'd love to see you there. I'm sure there'll be a grand opening celebration that we can pack the house with. And make sure to listen to all past episodes of The Zag. You can find out what other alumni are doing, not opening restaurants, but still cool things. Get that at all the places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google. They're all there. Short and sweet episodes. Make sure to check them out. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.